Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Welcome to the HIV podcast, Sarah. Hello, how are you? I am very well, thank you. How are you on this fine day? Oh, I'm good. I'm extremely busy. Uh, and let me share why, if you don't mind. Okay. So do you remember a few weeks ago where uh, I was looking for a new podcast partner? Right. Have you had applications? I have. Stop yes. It. I've been inundated, Jess. I have obviously discarded all those addressed to the rainbow ball bag of Berkshire. I just have to explain that really quickly. So obviously Sarah had her coloured robe, her robe of many colours the other week. And I had said she looked a bit like a ball bag because the, the glitter looked slightly like pubes. And then the lovely Will Hampson, I loved him for this. He called her the rainbow ball bag of Berkshire. I know. Yeah, he ruined it for me now. Can't wear it anymore. She actually hasn't worn it since, since that, <laughs> that, that insult. What I thought that was a fantastic new name for you. <sighs> So yeah, so they've all been discarded. So if you address that to me, then you're not going to even get a reply. That's how I'm operating. But had a couple of possibilities. One very strong contender. It is a, a retired lady who lives on the South Coast. She does have experience of HIV, but through her daughter, who she says works for an HIV charity where she fannies around with the social media. I will be in contact. She doesn't want me to reveal her name. Obviously, she's in the recruitment process, but I'll be in contact. So everyone knows, Sarah has just described my mother. <laughs> oh, no, no, Benice. And, and she, Benice will have listened and she'd have heard the rules that I said I would fight anyone for the job. So fisticuffs outside. And my mum is like tiny. She's so little. She's shorter than me. She's obviously much thinner than I am. I could just sit on her, if I'm honest, just pin her down. I think she knows that, don't you, Mother? I think you know that I would win in a fight. <laughs> Here you go. So family relations ruined. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't reveal your name, Bernice. Do you know, right now she's probably, where's my laptop? Tapping away. I did not send any application, Jess. She's probably there just being like, um, thank God it's it's out in the open. Get, get Jess off it. Let's go. Like, you know, no more nonsense. Thank you. And then she can give her own tips. 
Remember when she gave us tips about buying thermal underwear? Oh, yes. Straight out. They don't have to come secondhand via me anymore. Yeah, she's a good backup, isn't she? She is a good backup, to be fair. But I feel like her HIV knowledge might not be as good as mine. Well, you say that. We can put her to the test. And do a quiz and then we'll see what all her answers are. She'll be panicking now. She'll be at home like, no, no, don't do that. So there you go. Sarah's corner this week. Thank you, everybody who applied. Oh, yes. But remember, there will be a fight. So that's just how it is. While I still have a position here on the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, I get I'm realizing very quickly that it may not be that for that long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but what are we what are we doing today? We're doing an actress, aren't we? If my memory serves me correctly. Yes. Oh, do you know what? This week is an interesting one, because if it's true, this lady was the first famous female Hollywood actress to die from AIDS. But she didn't get the same coverage and public interest that Rock Hudson got. So Rock Hudson's the first Hollywood actor. And we did an episode on Rock Hudson, didn't we? So if you want to find out more about Rock Hudson, head on back, go and find mm. the Rock Hudson episode. Yeah. And a lot of interest, I think, for him was focused on his sexuality, wasn't it? I think that was the thing, especially because he was sort of, wasn't he kind of billed as like the Hollywood heartthrob of the time? So the fact that he was gay was was the sensationalist thing that the papers really wanted to gun for. Yeah, you're right. And they, gosh, didn't they go for it? It was yeah. awful. Horrible. So we are looking at a lady called Amanda Blake. I've never heard no, of she, her. I've never heard of her either. Okay, so she's she's not as famous as him and she didn't get the media coverage, as I said at the time. So firstly, let me explain who she was. So she starred in a long-running American TV show called Gunsmoke. It's a bit a bit like Bonanza. Do you remember Bonanza? No. Right. Brilliant. Edit that out then. I mean, you must have been watching Bonanza on repeat, surely. Hey, no, I just remember it on a Sunday. I'm sure it was Bonanza and Little House on the Prairie. No. See, I remember Kabaddi. On a on a on a weekend morning. Do you remember when Kabaddi was on? It's a sport. No, you don't remember that. It's like on no, Channel Four. Yeah, so you'd have to you'd watch Kabaddi first, and then the kids shows would come on after that. Then it'd be like Sharky and George, the Crime Busters of the Sea. What? Don't remember Sharky and George? No. What weird TV are you watching? It was when we were kids, right? If anyone remembers Sharky and George, please get in touch. I feel like Charlotte, I'm looking at you, Charlotte Leach, because I feel like she is in my corner. She had her dungarees out the other week. I don't know if you saw, she tagged us in the post. Looking great. I've just bought some yellow ones, by the way, Charlotte. So we are on for our Bewitched Songbirds HIV triangle playing concert. We are on. But someone someone out there has heard of Sharky and George. Okay, so she's going to bail you out, is she here? Yeah. Don't let me down, Charlotte. Unsmoke then and forget all the TV chat. So it centres around Dodge City in Kansas in the 1870s during the settlement of the American West. So it's like a Western. Oh, Jess is just sneezing. I didn't. I went to and I muted my microphone then it didn't happen. It's always nice though, I think, when you're listening through headphones to hear that, that sniffing noise. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, right. Continue. You ready? Yes. Okay, so it first aired as a radio series from 1952 to 1961, but it also ran on TV for 20 seasons between 1955 and 1975. 635 episodes in total. It's like a cult show. A lot of episodes. That's a huge amount of episodes. (gasps) 
really quickly, and this is relevant, sort of, I have to tell you this, Sarah, because I've been thinking about telling you this for ages, on BritBox, I think it is, or it's one of the, the streaming channels, it might be Amazon, I'm not sure, but you can watch the entirety of Grange Hill from start to finish. Thought of you, thought there's some there's some watching for a holiday, oh. know how much you love it, so there you go. Yes. Well, maybe this, well, no, it's not like Grange Hill at all. I don't know what you'd compare it to in the UK. I can't think of any long-running TV programmes other than soaps. There must be some, but I'm just not up on them. Downton Abbey? Yeah, maybe. Heartbeat? That's what it'll be, because that's got quite a cult following as well, hasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, it's aired on CBS. It's one of their top-rated shows. So it is a big deal. And yes, for those in the UK, it is like Heartbeat, except Heartbeat is sent in Yorkshire in the country and this was the wild west so you know it's not not not, not a million miles away no and it's their number one show between 1957 and 1961 so a lot of people are watching it and amanda appeared in over 500 episodes and she played a character called miss kitty who worked in the saloon and has an ongoing relationship i thought it was a bit kind of sex workery well no maybe escort probably kind of description Anyway, a relationship with a local policeman. I know they're not called policeman over there, but he is the star of the show and she's running the bar. Wouldn't he be a sheriff? They describe him as a US marshal working to preserve law and order in the Western frontier. Sounds quite exotic. Like how you didn't say US marshal, you went really policeman. It just doesn't sound like it fits in a saloon, does it, in the Wild West? <laughs> there was a policeman. Like, no. <laughs> There you go. If they ever wanted an indication that I am truly British, it's a policeman, <laughs> even if it's on the Western frontier. <laughs> so that's where she's known from. So she's a big name in America, but we've not heard of her over here. When the show ended, she went into semi-retirement and she's devoting her time to her animals. That's how you're going to be when you retire. Yeah, if I had the room. Yeah, if I had the room, I'd have all the rescue animals. Oh, well, she does have the room because she had a pet lion and she ran an experimental cheetah breeding program from her home. From her home. Hang on, hang on. I think she is, but not because of her acting, because of these animals. Mm. So with her husband, they're the first couple to breed a cheetah successfully in captivity. Don't agree with that. Oh, now's not the time for your controversial animal <laughs> opinions. <laughs> no, but... Did you watch Lion King over Lion King? What am I talking about? The Lion? No, what was it called? You know, with um, oh thingy, oh Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. Yeah, no, I haven't watched it. Tiger King, Tiger King. Oh, okay. You called Tiger King? Let me Google it quickly. The Tiger King. So, uh, yeah, sorry. What I was going to say was they. It wasn't just about Joe Exotic, of course. Mainly it was, but there were they looked at lots of other people that bred like lions and, and like wild cats in American in captivity and how, although you can do it, it's it's not really all right. Oh, she probably wasn't because she's that's what she was known for after her acting career is this breeding programme. Okay, well, do you know what? I won't be judgy. I don't know much about it. Look at me jumping to conclusions. I'm always like, don't stigmatise people, everyone. And now I'm just like, she bred cheetahs. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly, I don't, you know. Continue. Oh, okay. So over the years, she married. There's some confusion about how many times she married, actually. I put four times, could have been five. She divorced three or four of them. And then either her fourth or fifth husband died in 1985. 
And she dies herself in August 1989 of liver failure brought on by viral hepatitis. What has this got to do with HIV? Well, <laughs> you getting prepared to say something. Like it. It's like you said last week, you, you were going to give us twists and turns. So I'm here for it. I'm I'm eagerly awaiting where we're going. Okay. Well, her death was reported in the papers, as you would expect for a Hollywood actress. And it's reported she died of cancer. And she had been treated for oral cancer in 1977. But then her doctor reports a few weeks later that she actually died of AIDS. Why did he do that? Well, that was actually going to be my question, Sarah. You just stole my question. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Exactly. Why has he done that? How weird. Had she requested he do that? Isn't that unethical? Exactly. Questions till you and you just can't answer. I'm just going to keep firing them. Okay. So her close friends in answer to that are very quick to insist that she wasn't a drug user. She wasn't sexually promiscuous and that she probably caught AIDS from her husband. So we need to see if all of this stacks up, if I'm honest, because this poor woman could carry this label of being the first Hollywood actress to die of AIDS and it might not be true. Yes. Okay. let's go. I'm on board. Detective cap on. Excellent. So we'll start with a news article in the AP News on the 7th of November 1989. And it's reporting that Amanda Blake, who played Miss Kitty in the long running Gunsmoke television series, died of AIDS related complications, not cancer, as previously reported, her doctor said on Monday. He said uh, she did have throat cancer, but that wasn't the reason that she died. His name is Dr. Lou Nishimura, and he worked at Sacramento Hospital, Sacramento, where she lived. Statement composed at the time of her death, which was on the 16th of August, reported that her death was as a result of her long battle with cancer. But her doctor has changed the story. He's saying, no, she had AIDS symptoms for about a year. He didn't know how she contracted the fatal disease. Did he come out and say this publicly? Don't know. That's what we're trying to work out. Her fifth husband, although other reports say it was her fourth, his name was Mark Spaeth, and he was a councillor, city councillor in Austin, Texas. He died of pneumonia in 1985 at the age of 45, and they'd married in April 1984 and divorced a short time later. Paper then goes on to look at her death certificate which lists the cause of death as cardiopulmonary arrest due to liver failure and CMV hepatitis. And the doctor says, well, that type of hepatitis is AIDS related. He was also the one that signed her death certificate and AIDS and cancer were listed on the certificate as contributing to her death. Why is he doing this? Is he doing this? I'm really, really hoping that we get to the end and she had like given him instruction to try and like lessen stigma or something. But Right now, I'm really puzzled. Yeah, I was too. So a spokeswoman for the hospital where she died said she reported cancer as the cause of death. So this is the lady that's kind of announced it to the press at the request of Blake's close friends. So she said, when someone dies, you go by what the wishes of the family are. But in this case, the friends were the family. She also goes on to say that she never saw the death certificate covering up there, isn't she? Covering her own back. I never saw the death certificate. I was just told to say this. Yeah, I mean, this just all sounds really all over the place. It does. They go on to say that death certificates are public documents, so anyone can see the reason for somebody dying anyway, and that the hospital reported the death to the Federal Centres for Disease Control, which is, again, you know, another way of saying, yeah, she had AIDS, so we had to report this. So in all likelihood, she did die of AIDS, but... 
why did the doctor do this? Because it seems to go expressly against her wishes. Yes, it's bizarre. It is, isn't it? Now, I've never heard of the AP Times where that report is from, but I have heard of the New York Times and they reported the same story a day later and with a little more detail. Again, they're quoting the doctor about a report that's now on the TV station. So this is making news. I mean, she was kind of a a known household name, so of course it would. And they're talking about him saying that her friends are saying that her death was related to AIDS. So the TV station source for the original story was her friends. They're saying that the doctor is just confirming what her friends are saying, basically. Does that make sense? I've made it a bit round the houses. Yes, yeah. And with yeah, so the doctor's saying that you know her friends are openly saying this is AIDS related, and I'm just confirming what they've been telling the public. But who decided the truth should be disclosed and why? Yes, exactly. That really is the the crux of this. Yeah, the LA Times again the next day after the news story broke sheds light on why she didn't want her diagnosis made public when she was alive, and I imagine after she died. So it says, a long-term friend of actress Amanda Blake says she feared before she died last August that the AIDS disease she had contracted would affect her work in animal rights. Why would it affect her work in animal rights, though? Well, her friend, um, a lady called Pat, who worked for the Performing Animal Welfare Society, said the actress knew she was fighting AIDS and she feared negative publicity that it would harm her animal welfare causes. So in other words, instead of being known for the good work that she's doing with animals, she's going to be known as the actress with AIDS. Okay, so it's it's literal animal rights work that she's doing rather than just breeding lions for her own sort of, I don't mean pleasure, but do you know what I mean? Because that's what I thought she was doing. I thought it was like her own private little zoo. Yes, I know. Initially, it sounds like that. But she is also trying to raise awareness about, you know, cruelty to animals. And she's working very closely with this kind of rescue centre for performing animals to make sure that they have a a good life as they go into retirement. Right. Um, She's basically was very, very afraid that the publicity around AIDS would undo all the good work that she'd been doing with this charity. Right. Um, yes, because because we know how the media can be. We talk about it all the time. Yes. And that the focus would become around AIDS rather than the work that she's doing. I can understand yes. that. And she also said to her friend she didn't want the tabloids hanging around, waiting for the next symptom, basically waiting for her to die. Yeah. doesn't want any of that. I mean, as soon as Rock Hudson announced his diagnosis, I feel that's what was happening with him, is that the press were just counting the days until he died. And she doesn't want any of that. She just wants the limited time that she has left to be out of the spotlight. It's absolutely no one else's business either. Which again, yeah. why, why, why did the doctor do this? Well, let's see. So the doctor um, is featuring quite heavily in all the kind of newspaper reports and on the TV. He's saying that uh, Amanda Blake never told him how she became infected with the fatal disease. But he's very keen to stress she didn't use drugs. There were no needles involved. But she also hadn't contracted it through a blood transfusion. Now, she left her estate, mainly her home in Los Angeles, to the animal charity that we've just mentioned. Her surviving relatives, and actually, when you listen to what the doctor's saying, he's saying, well, she didn't have any family. She just, it was her friends were her family. And that's kind of the ones that are kind of sharing her diagnosis. But she did have family. She had a mum, a sister and two cousins. And they contested the will which was executed only three days before Amanda Blake died. 
So they contend that Blake actually wanted to leave her estate to them, but was vulnerable to the animal charity's influence because she was so seriously ill. Animal charities say we had nothing to do with her decision at all. We didn't influence her in, in, in any way. So are these friends that the papers talk about actually disgruntled family? We know that after someone passes away, some of the biggest squabbles are over money. Yeah. Are they sharing the truth, which is written on her death certificate? So it's not a secret because, you know, they're unhappy that her estate hasn't been left to them. Are they trying to evidence that her death from AIDS may have meant that she wasn't thinking straight? And that she was vulnerable, I suppose. They're sort of implying, aren't they? Yeah. And then, I mean, we're never going to get to the bottom of this at all. What we do know is that Amanda probably contracted HIV from her fourth or fifth husband, Mark Spaeth. He was rumoured to be bisexual. And four years before his death in 1985, he stopped working because of ill health and he passed away from pneumonia. Now, his marriage to Amanda was very short. It might be unlikely that he knew his HIV status when he married her and unknowingly passed it on to her. In his obituary, it mentions a request for donations to his favourite charities, including the AIDS Action Project at the Waterloo Counselling Centre. And he died on the 27th of May 1985. So I think you can say with certainty that, yes, he had AIDS and possibly that's how she contracted it. Also said that he was one of the he was a city councillor. So he was in a public position and he'd been a champion of human rights and a supporter of the gay community throughout his political life. And just trying to piece together what happened with her, came across an article about him. We'll include the link. I don't know where it's originally sourced from because it's a, a newspaper cutting and it's about Amanda's engagement and their upcoming marriage to Mark because he's tipped to be the future mayor of Austin, Texas, which would make her the first lady of Texas. And it's a short article, but they, they're talking about where they'll live, um, how they met, all, all those kind of things. And it's lovely. And the only reason I wanted to mention it was because at the very end, the last sentence, and it's talking about who will give Amanda away at the altar. The paper reports it's her fifth marriage, it's his third. She's asked her long-term girlfriend, Jill, to give her away. And Amanda says, and this is a real sign of the times, early 80s, when Jill asked her husband if it would be all right to give me away, who has to ask permission for these things? Roger, her husband, commented, Jill, when someone's been married as many times as Amanda, don't give her away, just pass her around. Is awful, isn't it? I don't know, it's not directly linked to kind of her HIV story, but I was just like, are you joking? Wow. What attitudes there were back then. So different. They're her friends. And she is like sharing this anecdote and thinking it's hilarious. No, Amanda Blake, it's not hilarious. Absolutely not. But I mean, it is slightly, we did laugh. But I think we're laughing in in a more, you know, horrified way. Uh, yeah, well, yes, that you know, those sort of things hopefully wouldn't be wouldn't be said about anybody, and certainly wouldn't be printed about anyone now. But I feel, oh, I feel for her, and it's just, and this is my opinion because can't prove it either way. I think Mark was gay or bisexual, and I think he was probably marrying Amanda because that was the first step towards becoming the city mayor, portraying a wholesome image, like a southern state like Texas. Now I know our American knowledge is atrocious as will everyone else but we i certainly do know that texas is not a massively gay welcoming place i suppose mm. i'd say from what i know and so back then i imagine it would have been extremely difficult to be in a southern state and to be gay or to be bisexual 
Yeah. And there were comments after his death, letters to newspapers that despite supporting the gay community, he always openly supported them, but they always felt that he hadn't been his true self, which they said would have been far more supportive to them than just his words. So they felt that the gay community was being manipulated to get votes because he's portraying himself as an ally. And they're like, well, actually, you know, rumour has it that you're gay, just be yourself and we'll jump on board. But yeah. doing it this way is, is not the way kind of forward. So do you know what? I feel really sorry for Amanda Blake. I feel I feel terrible that her privacy and her anonymity was taken away from her after her death. I think even if she was in on it with Mark and she they had some sort of agreement that they would act like man and wife to further his career, or maybe she didn't know and she was like in love with him and you know, she's contracted kind of HIV and kept it a secret and lived out her last days helping animals, working with this with this animal charity and doing what she really enjoys. And then, you know, after she dies, it all comes to light that actually she did die of AIDS. The doctor confirms it. And then it's probably her family that outed her rather than her friends because her friends sound really loyal. Yeah. And, and and you also think that she was clear that, you know, she wouldn't want it to cloud her animal rights work and to sort of overshadow her legacy, which it probably has a little bit. I think so. And it's, I mean, we're never going to know the truth, are we? But I think you can say with some certainty, nothing's ever 100%. You know, she contracted, I think she contracted HIV from her last husband. And this is a woman in her mid 50s who's already survived oral cancer, who lives her life for the animals she's rescued, devotes her attention to them, becomes ill with AIDS. She's clear she doesn't want people to know. Medical team, her friends are all aware of this. Doctor can't lie on the birth um, on the birth certificate on the death certificate, but they can respect her wishes in terms of what they say to the press. And then suddenly, a couple of months later, the hospital and the doctor who looked after her are having to reveal her actual cause of death and confirm it was AIDS related. I just it's not what she would have wanted. Absolutely. And I do think that's the tragedy of that whole story, really, isn't it? It is. I know the hospital must have had compelling reasons to kind of break the patient's wishes in this case. I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of what those reasons were. Had compelling reasons. They would have said them. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I, I do agree with you. There was a lot that of questions that are kind of unanswered with her. Thanks for that, Sarah. Um, Thanks for giving us a podcast that just throws up tons of questions for us all. <laughs> normally you loved like tying everything up in a nice little bow today no bows on the floor I can't no I can't do that I do as I said I feel really really sorry for her and for the fact that all of this happened after she'd passed away I suppose that's the the blessing isn't it that she wouldn't have known anything like this had happened well I suppose what we should say is in summary yes Amanda Blake did die of age she was the first famous Hollywood actress to do so but as to how this got into the public domain who knows mystery it will remain a mystery. Um, and as we've said, it's the hospital's confirmation of her true cause of death that I find really interesting because I think it's really unusual. I don't want anyone listening to this to go, God, I don't want the hospital to do the same to me. I don't think we'll get to the bottom of why they did it. On a positive note, because I feel we need to finish on a positive note, I can find very little stigma towards her. There was a lot more stigma towards her ex-husband. And that's interesting in itself. She's an older white woman with a long-standing TV career. Not as famous as Rock Hudson, but you still would have thought someone would have highlighted, you know, the fact that this is an unusual 
category to be affected by HIV at that time in the late 80s and kind of used her as an example instead of just vilifying gay men all the time. But maybe she just wasn't famous enough anymore to warrant any interest. Also, the fact that the press were more interested in stigmatising her ex-husband, perhaps that was what just sort of took the, the focus away from her. Like you're saying, much more interested in vilifying gay men. And, you know, so that's our target over there. And I guarantee you they looked at her as sort of like a victim by the wayside. And so that's Mm. why she was sort of lost in amongst it. I think so. So there you have it. Amanda Blake, she was the first Hollywood actress to pass away from AIDS. But as we've heard, she didn't want everybody to know that fact. Now we all do because we just covered it on a podcast. So even (laughs) more people know it, Sarah. But I mean, we didn't do that. It was out there. This is just education. It was already out there. Yes, no, we haven't outed her. Um, And as I said, I do feel desperately sorry for her because this is not what she would have wished for. And and that in itself is not, I was going to say interesting, but we don't want to feed off her. Oh God, what am I saying? I've lost it, Jess, I've lost it. (laughs) Well, it was very interesting. And as I said, I've never heard of her. So it was interesting to find out all about her. And I hear a little rumour that we have a mini series starting next week. Oh, we do. Yes. We're going to be looking at all things Romanian. Okay. And HIV, obviously. We haven't just. Oh, yeah. I'm not just doing like some sort of travel report. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah's. Yeah. You're like Travel Man. I love that show. Oh, me too. Yeah. No, it's not like that at all. It's all about HIV in Romania and how children in particular were affected by it. Oh, and how how long is our mini series? Got five lovely, juicy episodes. Juicy? I, should, I shouldn't say juicy, should I? That's what a weird, weird way to describe a podcast. No, I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving five it episodes, in. just five episodes, everyone. Not juicy ones, just five episodes. No. I liked that. You just got right into it there. Do you know what you were thinking? You were thinking about your being like a travel reporter. That's what you were thinking about. Oh, yes. Well, maybe after the whole Romanian thing, I'll get that'll be my next career. Yeah. And will I be on these next few episodes or or, or is my mother taking over? No, I think you. I mean, I've got to interview your mum. She hasn't passed the interview stage yet. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. I'll stick with you for now. Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.